500 and get into the wild card. 86 got the Phillies all the way to the World Series. I hate to break it to you, man. I don't think it was your vision. People who call this podcast is perfectly named, I would say. I hate to make excuses for Sandy and the rest of the people. No, you don't. You've been doing it all year. I do. I do hate it. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. <laughs> I'm fucking hitting bombs to fucking Diocho. Like, inject that into my veins. If that continues, there's no way we make the playoffs. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 20 of the Battered Marlins Podcast. Marlins fans podcast. Well, tongue twister. I am your host, Daniel Granada. Alongside me, as always, uh, is Callie. We're missing two battered Marlins fans, but not to worry. We have a very special guest helping us fill in. How are you doing, Callie? I'm great, baby. I'm here. Happy to be alive. Uh, a lot of you probably know I'm an educator. So school's starting back up. The, the summer's yeah. over. We're back. And uh, speaking of which, that's why I got on my head what i do all right i have uh i'm not gonna say the school's name because uh why not but i'm also a baseball <laughs> coach there this is our hat i know some of the boys some of the coaches watch so special shout out to them we're getting back at it starting next week and uh yeah we're ready to go baby more baseball for me all right and on top of my hat i forgot to bring in what i was wearing i'm wearing the 97 Marlins championship. Or is, where's the patch? There's the patch. 97 championship because we're partying like it was 1997. It, that was a good year, wasn't it? The best year. The right. best year. And, and like, wait, that first, it's nothing like that first one. Nothing, nothing like, like that first one. one. You, you, know, you, always hold, you, you always keep a key for her, right? For sure. I'm sure that 2003 was sweet also more than anything because you beat those Yankees and everybody, nobody gave you a shot to beat the Yankees. So I'm sure that that was sweet also. But nothing beats that first one. Yeah, yeah, that 03 team was really like that. That team was stacked. So that '97 team was mm-hmm. really. Well, I'm sorry, the reverse. The '97 team was really stacked. That 2003 team was very much an underdog. And, and it I ended up something... be, being stacked when you look back at it. But at the yeah, time, because some of those guys are so young too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Josh, the... Dontrell, Miggy. Yeah, even you had AJ Burnett still. You had Luis Castillo, kind of Torres. Yeah, and still in his prime for for the most part. Um, you know, Derek Agon Lee and Young Buck. Der- yeah, Derek Lee. We Daryl was prime Derek Lee too. And then you you brought you filled in the gap. You know, Juan Pierre too. You had you filled in the gaps with like Pudge, Ooh, Pudge. Vina, You know that 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 image of him holding that ball. Yeah, and yet you you obviously had Niner, and you know it was fun times. Fun times. All right. Well, like we said, uh, we're missing two of our boys, uh, Spaz and Branton, are out on vacation celebrating the last bit of summer that that's left. But we do have a special guest filling in for them, and I'm sure once I bring him on the screen, a lot of people recognize my main man right here, Mr. Loud Marlins fan Chase Blake. How are you doing, sir? It's amazing Thursday here on the Battered Fan Show, Battered Marlins Fan Show. Happy to be here with you guys. Let's get louder. Yeah. Well, I, we we have this thing on the show where we always kind of explain what we're in our head, what it represents, or where we got it, whatever. And I mean, I feel like you are the perfect person to ask this question to because, well, obviously, you are always you're wearing either that or something similar to that, right? Whenever I've seen you, you got that 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 Marlin tie. So, where exactly did you get that? And is that what you is there like different versions of it? So the original one I bought was at Marlins Park at the time, now Lone Depot Park back in 2013. 
Uh, prior to that, just like you guys, I would wear a Marlins hat. I had roughly four Florida Marlins hat and then the new logo, Miami Marlins hat at the time, the old Miami Marlins logo. Uh, but I bought this hat uh, at the store. I've always been someone who, let's just say it, love attention. Figured it'd be attention grabber. Uh, <laughs> For sure. Prior, uh, in, a future, in a former Loud Marlins fan version, I was the guy who would always wear the orange jumpsuit under my jerseys and my pants to the Marlins park because orange, my favorite color, was part of their color scheme at the time. Uh, so I wore the hat. I wore it to Boston before proposing to my wife. I wore it to uh, Washington, D.C., and I'll be wearing it to other stadiums as well, but I'll be wearing it to Philadelphia in just a few weeks too. Can't wait to get hounded by their fans. So – you are you were a fan of the orange jerseys. I love the orange jerseys. I not the logo, but the color jersey. Yes. Okay, that's fair. What the, what I hate what what I really hate were the orange hats that we didn't wear them very much. But the orange right. hats were brutal. But the orange shirt itself, and even with I think the logo, I think the the color scheme kind of played out well in that one. But yeah, didn't love the old logo. But uh, yeah, man, your 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 headgear has definitely become synonymous with. Well, Loud Marlins fan and the 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 little the, yeah I guess we could say the cultural icon you've become here, man. Yeah, if only a Foco still made them, right? Uh, but I actually even I, better. I went on eBay last year, two years ago now in 2021, and I found a guy who was selling them wholesale for 15 bucks each. Ended up talking them down to nine bucks each and bought 30 of them. So I own oh. all the rest. <laughs> On the fluff hat. Wow, so you completely control the the volume here, man. That's, you really, you really monopolize no, no, here. No, no, no imitators. No, no imitators. Just it. The ends up falling apart or loses its stuffing. So having the new ones helps me keep the bill up. So Billy Marlin, the Marlins, always pointing in the up direction where the Marlins are going. There we go. I love the positivity. Had oh. have to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's all. All right. So uh, I'm glad that you shared that with us. And before, because we're going to start talking about all the, the present this year's Marlins and this past, past two series against the Yankees and Astros. But before we do, we did kind of, you know, we're curious. The history of you with the Marlins. How did you become such a big Marlins fans? Because from what you were telling us off air, the Marlins are your one sports love, right? You, you do dabble in other sports here and there. You support them. But the Marlins are the team. How, yes. how do you choose to be that battered fan? How do I take the beating every year? Um, well, how do I become it? Well, growing up, uh, my brother and I had health issues. We became uh, we were Oriole fans because he, uh, okay. we would be at Johns Hopkins Ho Children's Hospital in Baltimore. Remember, I'm 37, so this is pre Miami Mar Florida Marlins. Uh, but second, that dial flipped to 1993 uh, from the first game watching. I remember in my mom's room to really starting to go to games and understanding games about nine, 10 into early teens. Uh, when I was 12, we won the first World Series. My first heartbreak was the terror part of that great built to win team as y'all were discussing. And then uh, really the battered years came after that, 99, 2000, 2001, uh, 2002 started getting a little bit better. Uh, my parents, whatever, let's just go out there. My parents got divorced or separated in 1999. My dad was paying for both households, couldn't really afford things, but Saturday nights we were at Marlins games for $5 a pop 
sitting third row in right field on a season ticket package. You, you couldn't beat that. So right. during those years, I was uh, having fun yelling at Milton Bradley on other team on, on the Expos at the time. Any right fielder, man, I was going at it. And I've always had that loud voice that, re- that really projects at them. So, Travels. Yeah, that, that's how I became a Marlins fan. And then, of course, 03, I'm 17 years old. You know, I'm driving to games with my friends, scalping off tickets to get in. And that's, you know, I've built some lifelong friendships uh, from that series and really, awesome. you know, follow through ever since. That's I'm really awesome. glad you mentioned those those right field seats because my growing up, I remember we, we'd get like the, um, I remember they, it's like you'd get a weekend game and a Wednesday game, that that package. But we were we were usually on the third base side, but with uh, with team events and stuff like that, when I was a kid playing, you know, Tamiami, travel ball, whatever, you know, they put all the kids on right field. So uh, this is kind of a funny story. We're playing the Rays, and Aubrey Huff is playing right field. And, uh, dude, one of my friend's dads was just screaming. I'm talking, like, three, four, five innings, just yelling at him. Like, after an inning, I guess Aubrey Huff had just had it. And he turns around, and he just says, shut the fuck up. He starts flipping him off, and the entire right field <laughs> section just started hounding him. And it was nice. it was really cool to see. So I, I feel that. But, yeah, I remember I remember those those the you know, and even then, like when whenever it was like a Sunday or something, like a random weekday, someone good was in town. My my dad would take us like, oh yeah, we'll find tickets for five bucks and sit in right field or something like that. Those were Major- those were iconic seats. My, my, Major uh, league players just never win if they turn around and go back at the. Fans. You never. There's there's nothing for you, you to never do. win. No. My uh, just take back then at Aubrey Huff was Huff and Puff, Huff and Puff. <laughs> you know, like just yelling at him like that. So it's funny you bring him up. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so That's cool. before we get into the last series, I did want to ask each one of you guys one quick question. Because since we had just talked about it a couple minutes ago, if you had to pick one that was more special to you, I'll start with with uh, with Chase. Which one was more special, 97 or 03? I know it's choosing between your kids. I get it. But which one just slightly more than the other? I'll go 03. Uh, okay. I was older. I understood it okay. more and what it meant. Okay. That makes sense. It, it, you know, again, going to the games with my still friends from high school, it really just built and solidified relationships. So that, that series. Callie? Yeah. Um, it's probably 03 as well. I, I'm a little younger than you, LMF. Not, not by much, but, but a little bit. Um, but I remember 9017, like I was still a kid. So there was still something like really magical about that, like larger than life, like, you know, it, you know, kind of Disney movie type of type of stuff. Don't even understand the business side yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then seeing the the teardown after the fact, like again, you're just a kid, you know, and it's heartbreaking. But oh three, I was already, um, you know, I was grown up. You know, I was a teenager, and um, yeah, seeing that in in, a, in an age where I'm playing baseball, and, and you know, I was pretty decent at it. Like I started envisioning what my future might look like, and. And being able to see that, like in my own backyard, and, and I think I've said it on here before, but in the 03 World Series, I went to Game Four when Aegon hit the walk off, um, and uh, that that's always been like just a really, really, really special moment for me. So 03 was was definitely it for me. I mean, yes, yes, like maybe my dad. It's probably different, but um, Gary uh, ninety seven. I actually have a ball signed by both Captain Jack and Jim Leland. I'm gonna go gr- get it Ooh. when I have a when I have a second. I'll show you guys. Uh, but yeah, I'd, so I'd say 03. 
I don't, my thing has always been, I mean, I'm biased because Edgar Renteria was always my guy. He's Colombian. My, fa- my favorite shortstop. Well, second favorite shortstop of all time. So I, um, I'm sorry, just reading the, the comment. Uh, to me, 97 was just always so special because of, just because of Edgar Renteria hitting that walk, that walk off to me that that was sweet because I am Colombian and my favorite player at the time. Uh, and sports babe, uh, I ain't worried about LA or San Diego this week. Uh, I'm wor- I'm a little worried about LA, San Diego not as much, but traveling out west is always tough. The last time we went out west, it wasn't even necessarily against the hardest competition, right? We but we got rocked by the Rockies, no pun intended. And uh, yeah, we we didn't fare very well the last time we went out west. So I am a little worried about it, but you know, well we'll see. Uh, and we're gonna get into that series a little later. And uh, oh, there it goes. Yeah, I got Jack McKeon on this side, and you got Jim Leland. That's awesome. Right over here, got the certificate of authenticity. Got my little name tag, so I got a ball from both the managers. Did Did you get it hand signed yourself? I did not. No, no, I had to spend money on that. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I got it more so when I was an adult, and my my degenerate uh, my degenerate memorabilia habits started to kick in. Awesome. Yeah, I need I need to pick up my my league game. All right, well, since we were talking about '97 and '03, I guess that is a perfect transition. '03, we transitioned over to last weekend. Flashback Friday, started celebrating that 2003 championship against the Yankees. Against the Yankees, I've been asking for them to celebrate that World Series all year. They finally, I guess they wait. I mean, I guess it makes sense that they waited for the Yankee series to do so, but they did, and there was a crazy turnout this weekend. Was it? At, at, a little suspicious that it was exactly a hundred and one, right? Like a hundred thousand and one people that attended that stadium this weekend. But awesome turnout. The most people that have showed up to Lone Depot Park for a weekend series. Uh, and then I mean they won two out of three, and we're gonna get into the series now. But overall assessment, what did you think of the weekend series, Loud? Because I know I, I know I saw you dancing around after the victories. Oh, I was there Friday and Sunday. Uh it's always a great experience to see Lone Depot Park. 2003, yeah. You know, for sure. Uh, it's always nice to beat up on the Yankees because I hate the Yankees. I promised I'd not curse that much on here, but um, I did not grow up a Yankee fan. My uh, brother, may he rest in peace, was a Yankee fan. Um, we In the World Series, he had his Yankee hat on and his Marlins jersey, so he was split back then. But it's just something about shutting their stupid fans up for screaming 27, 27, 27. <laughs> you know why you don't have 28? Because of us. You know why you started a losing streak? Because of us. He did. That's I want to nine, but I get it. I get it for sure. <laughs> uh, Callie, what did you think about the, the weekend? Um, Man, I got to admit uh, – after game one, we we got shellacked pretty good, um, yep. nine to four. Uh, mm-hmm. We we came out strong, but but I mean by the fourth inning of the game, just it, it, was, it was just over. Um, so I was a little worried, you know. Lazardo hasn't been at his best lately, and, and that showed its its ugly face well, in well, game one. You know what? Let, let's jump ahead before we get into the other games. What do you think about Lazardo? Because he has been kind of off. I mean, I think it's we came into the season thinking. Sandy and Lazardo are two top guys, but it's obviously Sandy and Braxton now. What do you think, Ali, of Lazardo? Before I, I, I go to LMF about Lazardo, um, 
Man, it, it's that time of the season. We have to remember it. And, and when we had Mish on, and if, if you didn't uh, see that episode or listen to it, I'd go back to our last episode when we had Craig Mish on. Um, he's at this point of the season, and we, we still have quite a bit ways to go, he's pitched the most innings he has in his career so far and he's not exactly a young buck um you know so that that type of toll that type of volume could be getting to him um you know obviously we need him to hold out now through to the end of the season and and you know keep pushing for the playoffs but i, I just think it's it's a matter of you know he's in a position um that he's throwing more than he has before and and you know that's that's going to happen and again you know the yankees as bad as they've been they're a team that can hit you know and then the the start last night against the astros you know, as they're the best, they're, you know, them and the Braves are the two best teams in baseball. They have a lot of guys that hit That's baseball hard. very, very hard. So, you know, we knew we were due for one like that against the the Astros. We'll get into that series more, but, you know, facing a couple tough lineups back to back. And on top of that, just that innings count is getting high. That pitch counts getting high and fatigue has to be setting in. So. Chase, do you think that maybe they should maybe skip a start for Lizardo? Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Peter Pratt, our friend from overseas on Locked On Marlins this afternoon. Uh, this was one of the topics of our discussion. Lizardo's at 133 innings. The last year, he threw 100 innings. Uh, but he had that broken up between like two parts of the year because he missed eight to 12 weeks. I forget the exact amount of time. He's never thrown this much in a season. He'll say his arm's not wearing down. They'll say the speed velocity is not going around. But, I mean, it's the eye test, right? And the eye test is telling you something's up. And it's now four games straight. He hasn't had a great start or thrown over seven innings since the Rockies series. I think that was uh, July 23rd without looking. And he's just, you know, he's struggling, which young pitchers do. And you could understand it. So I wouldn't have him face San Diego. That's going to be his start. I think he's the second start in San Diego. I don't want it becoming Slam Diego. Um, I, I, I prefer, <laughs> prefer to give it the rest. Well done. Like, well done. I prefer to give him the rest and uh, maybe Edward Cabrera, who's good Eddie right now in AAA, come up and get a spot start. Or even Ryan Weathers has been doing well since going to AAA. Have him face his old team. He has to know something that we don't. Um, but yeah, skip a start. Let him come back first. The Nationals at home. He beat up on the Nationals in June. He'll do it again. Give him the rest. There, there's no exact science to it, but I mean, there's a rough, understanding and from everything i've known because i've been following football uh football uh, baseball forever that usually when somebody hits their limit in innings they don't want them to go like from one year if they pitch 100 innings last year they don't want to go over 140 this year right like it's usually 40 innings give or take that they go over that's usually the number i don't know if that's ex exact for everybody but more or less that's where i've always heard so if you're saying that he was at 133 this year and 100 last year he's approaching that quickly I don't know how much you could put him out there, especially with the end of the season coming through. Uh, just one skip start isn't really going to save that number. Are we thinking that he's going to make it to the playoffs? Callie? I mean, I think I think it's going to come down to how like how does this you know how does this team look in two or three starts from now, right? So we see that we're still in contention and, and we still have a chance. I think I I think I'd imagine that. Um, you know, he's, he's going to fight through it and we're going to, we're going to keep going. But if we see, you know, this, you know, a kind of downward trend, we see things kind of start to spiral. Um, that's when we'll see guys like Sandy get shut down. We'll see Lazardo get sent down. Yuri's going to get shut, shut down eventually. 
And then that's when we'll see the Ryan Weathers, uh, Monteverdes, those type of guys start getting some getting some serious play. So I think we have about uh, we're we're close to a month uh, in terms of uh, when September call-ups really start happening. So right, right, right. Depends well, where we are when we get on, there, I guess. Moving on to the fun part of the Yankee series, Saturday, Sandy, the dominant Sandy we've been waiting for, finally showed up, and he mowed down the Yankees. Is this the Sandy that is he finally here? Because Fish on I first felt like he wasn't right, here. Uh, just back that the Marlins didn't trade for vet. Yes, a hundred percent. Because now we're talking about possibly skipping a Lazardo start, and we're counting on Cueto. Is is he like our third now? Is he is he third in the rotation? Like it, it, uh, it's, yeah. it's 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 scary. But Sandy, is he back? Callie? I feel I feel like we have this conversation every time he has a good start. <laughs> um, you know he's he's yeah. I mean he, his last few outings have been have been solid. Um, obviously his last outing was 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 spectacular. Um, you know he's we're in the position now that if he's getting hot and he's really turning it turning it on and and getting in that groove, he's doing it at the right time because this is when every we're we're at that point of the season now where every single game counts. So I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I want to say he's back, and I, I think we're starting to see more run support now too. You know, I think I think the additions of Berger and Bell have been huge. You know, and yes, and you know, and then addition by subtraction, getting rid of a guy like Segura, who's who just seemed to kill rallies, kill innings every you know almost every time he came up to hit. Um, you know, the the bat the bats I have no complaints about right now. I, re I really really don't. Um, so maybe with with this this new boost in the lineup and uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Hopefully he he's you know hopefully he's back and, and how historian just said in the chat he's got that look in his eyes again and I, I I'm right there he's got the the LeBron in the playoffs look guys again so yeah when he came out in that eighth inning he made it known I'm gonna be back out there on the ninth the way he was looking uh, Chase we finally. Confident Sandy is back and we can ride this horse until the end of the season. Super confidence. I, I don't think Sandy ever left. Uh, you know, he's oh, still Sandy left. Sandy was gone for a while. He's he's boys, he's boys with Brand. It was one inning per game, but he would still give you long starts for the most part into the sixth and seventh inning. Uh 100%. now and I wish we played the American League every every game because his three uh complete games <laughs> this year have been against American League teams. Uh, yeah, you, you had the Twins, you had uh, Tampa Bay, and now and the, Yankees. Uh, the Yankees. Yep. Um, but he, he's got, he's our workhorse. He's the one guy that's going to rest that bullpen that you could count on. Tomorrow's a big test for him, though, and we'll get to the series a little later. But last year in LA, he gave up 12 runs. The next week, he gave him a complete game shutout or a complete game. Don't remember if it was a shutout. So tomorrow's a big test. The challenge is there versus another good lineup. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Uh, so Sandy shut him down. Series was even 1-1, but then we get to Sunday. And Sunday was the fun part, right? That's when the Yankees basically took over. They looked dominant. Yuri Perez, unfortunately, did he get pulled? Was it in the fourth that he got pulled? Yeah, he got pulled. I think it, might have, been, I, I think it was, might have been the fourth. And honestly, I, I thought the game was over. I, I did not see that comeback coming. But they came back, and the cardiac fish made it happen it was josh bell made a crazy run from first to home in the eighth inning off of, i want to say it was a brian del 
De La Cruz double. And he made it from first to third, cut the lead to, was it, was it four maybe? And then they came out and completely came back. In the, and let me tell you something. Usually when these comebacks come, it's when the, the opposing team kind of takes it easy. They put in like just a random reliever, nice, nice big lead. Go ahead, just get three outs for us. They put in Clay Holmes. Like they wanted this game. And the Marlins came back anyway. Is it possible that there is a game in a season? I know maybe losing two out of three to the Astros kind of debunks what I'm about to say. But is it possible for a game in the season to kind of like spark plug the rest of the season? Because I can't, after that game, that's what I felt like. This is one of those innings, one of the results, one of these games, one of these feelings that gives you like momentum riding out for the next 40 games that are left in the season. Callie, what do you think? Um, yeah, yeah, I absolutely think that, uh, that that can be the case. And I, I mean, I, I can, I can say from when I played, you know, if, if you're in a slump, you guys aren't hitting, you know, the pitching's not there. Sometimes it takes just a, a comeback. It, it's, it takes, you know, beating somebody a little better than you or someone that's supposed to beat you and, and to kind of turn things around. And we talk about dropping two of three to the Astros, but we scored, at least, we scored five runs in each of the game. It's not like we rolled over and we got shut out. And the right, game right. yesterday, well, the game yesterday was within reach until they unfortunately broke it open. You know, you you really look at that the the Astros game yesterday, and it was the Astros won in the first and in the ninth. You know, they it's not like they they beat us for for nine innings. They, they beat us in two, and we we play. I'd say we played better in the other seven, but you know that that's a team that unfortunately like they're they're just going to hit man. And there's a reason that they're likely going to be in the World Series again. And you know. So, but um, I, we've played much better since the Yankee series. I want to, I want to say that maybe not one game and maybe not that comeback, but I think that that series as a whole, I think that can be a turning point considering that, you know, we were talking on here last week, how we're not very confident in this Yankee series. We're not very confident in the Astro series, but moving forward, like, yeah, we go on the road now. We got the Dodgers, we got the Padres then, and, and they're both going to be very, very tough. And we, we know how those West coast trips can be, but you know, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling a lot better going into the series than I did a week ago. Yes, so. I agree. I agree. Uh, Chase, how did you feel after that Yankees win? I know I saw you dancing, so I know you felt good. But do you feel like, and Chase just disappeared, so maybe he didn't feel as good as I thought. <laughs> so He's back. We're back. Stay, yeah, we're back. Uh, do you, does that make you feel confident in this team and what they showed and I'm not sure if he's back, so I will move on. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to move on for the time being. Hopefully, he, he can get back on. Uh, so I guess let's move over to the Astros while we wait for, for Chase to get back with us. Astros, you and I both thought that there was a real possibility that maybe they would get swept. The, the Marlins, that is. And, oh, Chase is back. So we thought that that was a real possibility. And... Um, I guess that I'll get I'll get your take now, Trey. Sorry, real quick, Yankees. After that win, did that make you feel a little different about the outcome of the season? No, I, I'll take it. Oh, I think I think I think we lost them again. All right, so uh, the series against the Yankees, the comeback, it just continues that rally that we're going to put on, right? You know, this team does not give up. Uh, that's one thing I, I, I think Skip brought in because last year's team under Don Mattingly, man, you go down by four or five runs, even three runs, you weren't coming back. The lineup's a bit different, but uh, this team will never give up. 
And yeah, that game, sure, changed changed the momentum. I mean, we continued it on into the next day uh, uh, when we won the game versus the Astros. Didn't take the series. We'll, we'll discuss the Astros series, but yeah, the momentum yeah, keeps riding. And this team feel now free to trust- jump into the Astros series now. Good. So yeah, I mean, you 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 go against the Astros, the world champs. You're going against their three best pitchers, so to say, on their roster, and your team one beats up the, the uh, Valdez. I think it's uh, Valdez on the fir- first game. Uh, you get the tr- back to back to back. I mean, we haven't seen that since I was what in 1998. Uh, I was 10 years old or nine nine years old. So that that's. I was going to ask if that's ever happened in Marlins history before. 1998 was the first time. Uh, I believe it was Cliff Floyd, Derek Lee, and I'm forgetting the third. But, uh, yeah, that happened once before. Never at home. It was in St. Louis. In St. Louis, I believe what he was about to say. And I had I had never – I thought that that had never happened before. That was wild when they went back to back to back. Yeah. Um, so how did you feel when they took that first game? Because I thought writing that – that two games against the Yankees and then winning that first game against the Astros, I was like, you know what? The Marlins are back. Like, they're back. Yeah, man. It was it was really – and it wasn't just a 5-1 win. Like, we, we won that one pretty pretty convincingly. We had, I mean, we had two big innings, but uh, Braxton Garrett was was fantastic. Um, one, of, one of the better games I think he's, he's had this season. Um, and again, man, we're, we're swinging the bats. We're, you know, we're, this is a, this is a team that hits now. This is a team that, it, you know, they're, and again, a lineup that's getting hot at the right time, which is, which is fantastic, which is what we want. So the first game I, I felt great. Cause I, I remember last week I was saying how I, you know, I'd be hard pressed to see us get one win. Um, Same here. We found the way we found it. We found a way to do it. And, you know, man, we, we played good in the other two games. Just Astros are just a little better. And that's fine. So I'm not I'm not upset with this series by any stretch. Um, you know, obviously again, Lazardo, we, we Lazardo got lit up. We we and then we we came back and then we we kind of blew it again at the end. But I'm I'm happy with how we performed against how how uh, loud LMF mentioned. You know, we we beat up their their three best pitchers. Man, we we're hitting the balls. We're hitting balls hard. You know, just need to, again, and it's been the story and, and kind of how Fish on first mentioned earlier in the chat. Um, we don't have the pitching, man. We, we thought we would we'd chase one in the by the deadline, and, and that just wasn't the case. So it's it's going to come down to the guys we got. I think the biggest part of that um, that game that nobody really talked about was that Braxton got out of that bases loaded jam. I think it was mm-hmm. the second inning. Didn't give up one run. And that that could have been the difference because they get just one double, bring in two runs. That game could look completely different. And I, I thought that that gave us a lot of momentum. And and yeah, man, that, that was awesome game. Ended up losing the next two. But like you said, we put up runs. Just Astros scored more than we do. Now, Cueto lost that second game. Now, we were talking about Lazardo and how Lazardo might, you know, maybe skip a start or whatnot. We're not sure how he's doing. And then Yuri Perez. I mean, I can't imagine that Yuri's going to be running out here consistently every five days from now until the end of the season either. So are we now seriously just going to depend on Cueto as our third or fourth starter consistently, like for the rest of the year? Because I'm assuming that's where we're going. Am I right? Um, Unfortunately, man, yeah, I think that's kind of that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, 
that the Cueto we saw was, was the Cueto that I think we all kind of expected. Um, and again, credit to the Astros. They're a good team that hits baseballs hard, man. But uh, it's, it was a deflating start. Um, even though we competed, man, we were kind of going neck and neck till, till the end when, when they hit the bomb off of, uh, when they hit the bomb off of puck. Um, but you know, yeah, unfortunately I think with, with who we got and who's healthy, uh, I don't think we're getting Rogers back at this point in the year, you know, we know a couple guys are on the shelf for next year. So this is where it, we're at. It, if you look at it, even with Cueto starting in that second game, he didn't have a horrible game. He's going to give up no, a bomb. He, 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 yeah, but, he gave up four through six, which isn't, I mean, you want better, but it's not terrible either. If, if, if you look at that, how we lost that game, it was the uh, collision in uh, left center field where, you know, one guy's waiting under the ball and the other uh, jazz just really just charged into DLC. That really uh, hurt us because you can't, in a guy like Cueto, when he's doing all right, you can't give the other team extra at-bats against him. So you just got to clean up that defense. And, you know, that game was ours to have, and that was the turning point. Uh, as I usually do, I usually go over the numbers over the last seven games, or over the last uh, seven days, which is the last two series. Josh Chisholm, because I wanted to bring it up just because you brought him up. Um, he went 10 for 20. No, I'm sorry, not 10 for 20. He went 4 for 20 with 10 strikeouts over the last two series. How are we feeling about Chaz right now? Uh, Jazz right now, Chase. Jazz came back hot both times off the injuries. He's starting to cool down. I mean, he had a double and a triple in the second game, but these 0 for 4s, 0 for 5s with the strikeouts are just hurting us. He seems to be wanting to hit a bomb at every at-bat and needs to calm down at that. Um, but, you know, they all go through it. He hasn't been here much of the season. This is his time to get the kinks out into the push in September. He's going to be in there. We need him in there, and we need his back going. Yeah, with, with Jazz, where I'll give him the benefit of the doubt is that, you know, obviously he's been he's been hurt a couple different times this season. It's really hard to get in rhythm, and now we're, you know, he's finally starting to see some volume again, and he kind of ran into a gauntlet, you know, having to face guys like Verlander and Garrett Cole and uh, Fran Mil Reyes and, and and these type of guys. It's 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 a gauntlet, you know, and um, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it had he hasn't been at his best, and it's I, it's not going to get any easier in the Dodgers series. The Padres series, you know, could be a good one because their their pitching isn't great, but um, but Do you know, we all know how good the Dodgers are, man, and and uh, we need his bat to come around. And and granted, we have some guys in the lineup that have stepped up, but Jazz specifically, and I know someone in the chat asked uh, about Jazz earlier. Uh, yeah. But you know, it, it's it's discouraging, but I'm I'm not I'm not worried about it just yet. Just again, he's easing volume for the first time again this season, and. You know, now hopefully he can build some sustainability and and you know get some consistency at the plate. Well, Josh Bell has been playing great, and Jake Berger the last two series was batting five hundred. Uh, he had three doubles. That's a big boy running those bases. Six RBIs. So those two acquisitions definitely have been helping. Uh, we were a team that basically just played off of contact, but it's nice to see a little power here and there. Look at even Luis Arise. Two home runs over the last week. Love to see that. Love to see a little pop in that bat. All right. Good. No, I was going to say that, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we definitely saw kind of a, 
you know, with guys like Bell and Berger coming in, these, these are guys that, that hit the long ball, that chase the long balls, um, you know, and Bell, ha- I think he's been with the team for like, what was it, 13 days, and he has five bombs with us already. Like, that's that's ridiculous. You know, and and Berger, I, I think it, I think it's, a, I forgot who it was. It's a Marlins writer that was calling him like the exit velo king. Um, and if, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I'm forgetting your name at the moment, but yeah, it, it feels like Berger smokes the ball every time he, he hits it. And it's, it's good to kind of inject that, that power that we've needed because we've relied kind of on Solaire. And then we've had flashes from like Jesus Sanchez, Jazz, um, you know, even De- he, De- uh, DLC has kind of had some stretches there. So it, it's nice to, nice to get to get some pop. I, you know, I was, I was banging the table before the deadline. Let's get some power. Let's get some home runs in this lineup. And obviously came and listened to the show and she, she went and got it. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun. Again, our, our lineup's a lot of fun to watch right now. Like us hitting baseballs. I'm not worried about right now. I, I think no. this is a team that even when we have guys like jazz kind of slumping, we have enough guys, like enough actual bats in the lineup that, that will kind of pick up the slack. We have the third highest average in the league when it comes to hitting. So the problem is we leave them on base. The, 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 the- crazy thing will be when Berger starts hitting his home runs he was a power guy only before coming here he had the 25 home runs with Chicago but for the last month or so with them he was striking out a lot and then one or two bombs every other game or every four games now he's hitting so whatever uh, John Jay and the hitting coach are doing with them it's working and he said he's like you know they're just telling me to hit not to keep swinging for home runs but to actually hit and the ball will fall, and that's what's been happening for him. So very happy, and once he starts getting a hold of some of these, he's going to bang these games wide open. For sure. Um, I'm going to get into the predictions for the Dodgers series and the San Diego series coming up. I did want to ask you one quick question, though, Chase. Favorite Marlins player of all time and favorite Marlins moment of all time? Favorite Marlins player of all time is going to be Chuck Carr. You know, growing up, I love that answer. Chuck Carr, you know, he, he wasn't with us for too long, but he was an original. Exactly. Got, uh, may he rest in peace. I think he passed away in December. Uh, he will always be uh, a favorite Marlin, my favorite Marlin. He's the, the, what Jazz Chisholm and Ronald Acuna are to kids now. That was Chuck Carr to us Marlins fans growing up. He was this, the, the guy with the flash, the flare, and he just looked like he loved having the game with his speed. Uh, favorite Marlins moment of all time. Uh, I'm going to go back to the 2003 World Series. Uh, not just the win, but it's Miguel Cabrera stepping up to Roger Clemens. That's one thing I'll oh, never yeah. And probably the moment that really set the tone for his career. Um, that That's probably my favorite Marlins moment of all time. Uh, I've, I've heard uh, about that moment quite a bit. That, that one's iconic. Yeah. Uh, Clemens All goes right. high tight and Miggy goes yard. Yes. <laughs> All right. So predictions. 63 and 59. That gives uh that puts us at 122 games. Uh yes. So we got 40 games to go. Jeez. So if we go f- 20 and 20, you end the season 8379. Not that bad, right? You still have you might miss the wild card, but you'll be right there. You'll be fighting all the way to the end. But we got 40 games to go. The next six are away in LA against the Dodgers, in San Diego against the Padres. So this is the part of the show where we do our predictions. And I will start with 
you, Mr. Chase Blake, loud Marlin fan, what are you predicting for the upcoming six games? All right. I, I, I think that it's going to be a 500 road trip in any order. Um, I, I feel like the, we have the better pitching in the first three. Uh, we don't know what's up with Lazardo in the second. And then Cueto, of course, will be in uh, uh, San Diego. So you got mm-hmm. San Diego, you got uh, Cueto, Lazardo, Sandy. And going in, you have Sandy, Perez, and Brax. So, so you have your better pitching. You're not going against their best pitcher um, in Clayton Kershaw, if he still is. Um, look, if our bats hit, we're going to win. Um, and if we get some runs in before the eighth and ninth spot come up, we're going to win. So I say we take two of three from the Dodgers, uh, one of three from Slam Diego. Or we sweep all them right. all and everybody's happy. <laughs> if only, right? Everybody, everybody would be happy for sure. Callie, what do you think? All right. Um, I'm a little less optimistic uh, against the Dodgers. Uh, again, very good lineup. Very, very deep team as well. Um, uh, I'm gonna say we. I'm gonna say we take one. We take one from from LA. Um, but I'm feeling good against the Padres, man. I, I think uh, I think we can take uh, I think we can take two from San Diego. So one to five hundred, but we'll get those two from San Diego. I I feel similar. I, I think much like Chase said, I, he says that we can go uh, 500 this series. Either way it goes, I, I I agree. I think it'll be similar to what we went through with the Yankees and Astros, two and one, one and the other. Uh, I think the two will be San Diego, one against the Dodgers. The Dodgers lead the, or no, they're second in the league in home runs, so they hit the long ball. They're also very disciplined at the plate. They lead the league in walks. So if Edward Cabrera were to play instead of Lazardo, just Imagine that they're going to be, he's going to be walking in runs because the Dodgers are, are very disciplined at the plate. So I, I'm also predicting 500, three and three, putting us at 66 and 62. But the thumbnail says just keep swimming, stay at 500. And the last two weeks, anything could happen. So this late playoff push is still possible. All right. Any final thoughts? Mr. Loud Marlin fan, Chase Blake. Let the people know where they can follow you because, I mean, everybody watching probably already follows you or knows who you are, but let them know. If you don't, please follow me on all social media platforms. Pretty simple, at Loud Marlins fan. Uh, that's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Tribal, the new one that uh, I forget the name of, but that's owned by Instagram that no one's on right now. But Threads. yeah. There you go. At Loud Marlins Fan. Uh, the Loud Marlins Fan podcast is available. Been a while since I uh, did an episode, but I'll get back to that. And hopefully uh, you'll, you'll catch me on other Marlins platforms like this one, talking about our favorite baseball team. Um, just one thing before. Um, I'm a big with the uh, veterans. Um, vetbaseball.org. Uh, they bring uh, veterans, uh, not retired vets, but just vets from all, all the different uh, armed forces in the United States to baseball games around the country. So if you get a chance, guys, check that out as well, vetbaseball.com. Very cool. I'm glad you said that. Uh, Callie, any final thoughts? Um, it, it, it's uh, The schedule doesn't get any easier. Um, you know, we, we have some reprieve after the, the, this kind of this West Coast trip with uh, the Nationals and 
a Rays team that is seemingly without Wander Franco now. Um, well, that's which, right, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get into that on here, no, but no. at least not this week. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's tough. We can we can do this. We, we can do this. But um, it, it's it's a tough stretch. It's a big ask. And kind of how Mitch said last week, we probably have the toughest schedule in baseball in terms of what remains. But Sure, it looks uh, that way. Yeah, aside from that, uh, Loud Marlins fan, it's been awesome to to have you with us, man. You're you're an icon at the ballpark. You know, we we, we can always point you out. And I'm sure I speak for tons of Marlins fans that uh, that see the the, the headgear, the the oversized Cuban link, and the you know the wacky outfits and stuff, man. Um, I know I know very little about your story, man, but uh, I know you're inspiring to a lot of people. Um, keep doing your thing, man. We, we love seeing you out there. It's it's been cool to have you on, man. Appreciate it. Anytime. I'm happy to come back. Thank you. And uh, and we also know that you'll never stop seeing the hat because apparently he monopolized it all and he owns every single one ever made. So that hat is going nowhere. Nope. Yeah. So so anyone, if you if you see a similar hat in public, you need to you, you need to swipe it and you need to get it to. <laughs> He's That's a DM loud, loud Marlins fan to, <laughs> to keep yeah, his monopoly going. Snatch them all up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So if you are listening on audio, we appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Please like, subscribe, review, comment, share, all that other good stuff. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. If you are watching live, thank you. And for those that commented and were part of the chat, as always, you guys are the best part of the show. We appreciate you being part of the show. And until next time, have a good one. Oh, that's right. And just keep swimming.